beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. I'm Laura Tremaine, and I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves, and the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. Each episode has a prompt or a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to a friend, or share on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Why should we take the time to sit down and write out our favorite things? Why on a show like this one that is supposed to be thoughtful and meaningful and have a lot of intention behind it, Why then do we occasionally do these favorite things episodes that are packed full of stuff, materialistic stuff? I will tell you why. First of all, it's not always that deep. I just like sharing my favorite things and hearing other people's favorite things. So (laughs) that's kind of the primary reason. I just think it's a fun conversation to have in person, online, on this show. I just like to hear what people are digging. I love to share new discoveries I've found. That's it. It doesn't always have to be a big magical moment. But secondly, in doing these favorite things episodes or talking about my favorite things over the years, just because I like it, I have also realized that there is something a little deeper about it. There actually is. First of all, there's a layer of gratitude, if you will, of just delight even in listing your favorite things or kind of sorting through your stuff and identifying what you really love or what you really want other people to know about. So there is sort of a layer of gratitude there. The next level beyond that is that 
sharing our favorite things is a little bit of an identifier. Not always, depending on what the thing is, but it is like sharing a piece of yourself, saying what you love, what you're really into. I mean, it's the same thing as like the way you dress or the way you decorate your home or anything. It's an outward expression of your taste, of your preferences, of what you're drawn to. That's part of the fun element, but it's also just part of an identity thing. You know, it makes you sort of sit up and notice who you are and what you like right now or what is working for you right now. And then the other layer, a little bit of a deeper layer that goes to everything that we try to do here on this show is that sharing your literal stuff, like sharing things that you like, (laughs) is one of the first steps, maybe like the lowest bar to sharing yourself. So I talk a ton on this show about sharing ourselves and And by that, I usually mean like our heart, thoughts, like (laughs) deeper parts of ourselves. But sharing like what our favorite beauty product is, while there is some identity there and some taste there or preference, it's also just a practice of sharing. The vulnerability level isn't as high as like sharing your past trauma, but there is still a vulnerability there of sharing your literal stuff or sharing something you're deeming a favorite because you're opening yourself up to someone seeing you, possibly someone disagreeing, but even more so you're opening yourself up to conversation or someone saying me too or someone asking you a further question about it, which then sparks a conversation or a connection. So when we share our favorite stuff, our favorite things on this show, on social media, in person, with a friend. Like anything else, it is as deep or as shallow as you want to make it. But sharing, it's never nothing. It's not nothing. You're still sharing yourself. I am excited to share favorite things with you all the time, but especially after a year away. I have, in the past 12 months, been able to share favorites in my secret post newsletter, on the Secret Stuff Patreon, online, on Instagram and stuff. I'm frequently sharing things that I'm loving or recommending. So it's not like I have a year's worth of things bottled up that I haven't gotten to talk about yet. However, for me, it is a practice, and that's my word of the year, practice. It is a practice to sit down at the end of the year and make this favorite things list. What I'm going to share today is 10 of my favorite things. And nine of those 10 are actually like literal things that you can purchase or hold in your hand or like, you know, their products. So that's what I'm going to share here. But I have several lists going. We'll have a favorite books of the year episode where my favorites are narrowed just down to books. I also in my journal write at the end of the year, like take time to write my favorite memories of the year, things like that. If you like end of the year lists like this, and maybe when you sit down to make your own list after listening to this, you know, sometimes it's hard to think about the whole year. You're really mostly inspired by, you know, the last couple months, like what's sort of top of mind. If you really want to look at the year more holistically going forward, I highly recommend keeping a note in your phone or a series of notes in your phone using just your 
Native Notes app or I use Evernote. There's tons and tons of apps that let you take notes and just have an ongoing list throughout the year. And it can be for whatever categories in your life make sense, like favorite movies, TV shows, podcasts, quotes, books, memories, whatever you think that throughout the year, you can just open that up and jot it down as something that you really loved. And then at the end of the year, you can kind of narrow it. If you get to the end of the year and you're like, yeah, I actually ended up not really liking that book when I got to the end, or this movie was good, but it you know doesn't make my top of the year or whatever, then you can kind of narrow it down. But if you're keeping a list, something very handy as you go along so that you can look at what were my favorites throughout the year and how can I narrow it down? I think that would be handy and also fun and also organized. So let's jump into it. I'm going to share my favorites. Like I said, at the end of this episode, you're going to hear from fellow listeners. They're going to chime in with a few of their favorite things from the year. I always love hearing from listeners. If you want to be on the show sometimes featured like this, make sure you're following us on social media at 10 Things to Tell You or you're in the free Facebook connection group. Sometimes I put a call for voices in there. It's usually last minute if I'm going to feature listener voices. So make sure that you are following along in those places if you want to be included next time. Okay, my 10 favorite things. This is a mix of things. We have tech, beauty, some style stuff, some surprises, if I do say so myself. And like I said, all 10 of these, well, nine of the 10 are actual things. Later in the year, when we get to the last week of the year, I will do my annual 10 takeaways from 2022. And that will be more of like introspection about the year. This episode is about actual stuff. So number one, I'm starting with it because it's the thing I get a DM about every single day. I feel like I get asked about this, understandably so, all the time. And so I just wanted to put all the information out there for anyone who is interested. One of my very favorite things this year, the first one I'm talking about, is my Kindle Oasis. My Kindle Oasis, which is an e-reader, I bought it this summer, and it has been my primary way that I read. I've been reading on an e-reader, formerly my Kindle Paperwhite, which I extolled the virtues of for years and years and years. My Kindle Paperwhite was like my most important gadget next to my phone for a really long time, and I still love it, and I still highly recommend it. But I did upgrade to the Kindle Oasis partially for its features, but partially because I had a kind of a turnaround in my reading this year where I realized that I was doing some of my book purchasing or book pre-ordering pretty backwards. So for a a long time, I would pre-order a book that I was interested in, or even just buy a book that I was interested in from a favorite author or something I just, you know, really had my eye on. And I would always order or purchase the actual copy, the hardcover, the paperback, like something you could hold in your hand. But when it came down to it, when I was really ready to read, either that book or just when I was choosing what I was going to read next, I always wanted to read it on my e-reader. And so that was either informing my choice, I was choosing what I read next because it already lived on my e-reader, or if it was a book I'd already purchased in hardcover, I would purchase it again. So now I had two copies on 
my Kindle. And I was like, this is, this is not how I want to do this. Not that I have any problem supporting authors and purchasing it in two formats. It's just, what if I didn't love that book? It really should go the other way. In 2022, I did make that switch where I started purchasing books primarily on my Kindle. And then if I really loved them or knew I wanted to have that copy in my home library, then, only then, and after I gave it my five stars, did I purchase it to have something I could hold in my hand. Otherwise, if it wasn't something that I needed to have on my shelf, then I now have not purchased that book twice. So with that in mind, I did upgrade to the Kindle Oasis from my Kindle Paperwhite that I've loved forever and ever. Now, I have loved having this Oasis. And the number one reason that I love it is because it has buttons. Instead of just being a smaller screen where you turn the page by touching sort of the edge of the screen or making a page turning motion, which is what you do on the Kindle Paperwhite, this gadget has actual buttons like the original Kindle that you click to turn the page. You can also turn the page by tapping the screen, but kind of the way that it sits in your hand, you know, it's easier to use the buttons. Now, here's my few caveats. Even though I am loving the Kindle Oasis, it's one of my favorite things, the first thing we're starting with. However, it is bigger than the Kindle Paperwhite. It is thinner, but wider. So with a case on it, which I do keep a case on mine, it does not fit like in a large pocket or a fanny pack or a small purse, whereas my Kindle Paperwhite did. I could fit my Paperwhite in a fanny pack and did many, many times. And the Oasis does not do that. It's also twice the price of the Paperwhite almost. The Kindle Paperwhite is a much better deal from a budgetary standpoint. The new Paperwhites are waterproof. They have a great battery. Like if I was just starting out or wasn't sure what to get, I still highly recommend my Paperwhite, which I've now had two different versions of. The Oasis is an upgrade primarily for the buttons. There are other features to it, like there's a warm setting for the backlight, some things like that. I don't use any of that. I use all my same settings as I had on the Paperwhite. So I am basically paying those extra dollars for the buttons. For me, it's worth it because I read in bed or laying down so much that it is much easier for me to read one-handed with those buttons. You can still read one-handed with the paper white, of course, just whatever your setup is, but it is awkward. It, it didn't work for me nearly as well. And so it was worth it to me because I use this gadget every single day to pay that extra cost. But my huge caveat to everyone is the paper white is amazing. Also, because people always ask me this, I get like the eight gig of storage. I, I mean, I think on the Oasis, maybe the basic one is more than that. But you do not need a huge amount of storage. Books do not take up very much space. I read a ton. I have hundreds of books on my gadgets. I've never needed more than the eight gig, the smallest one. I think if you needed to free up space, you could delete the books. They stay in your account, in your cloud. You could re-download them if you needed to. Do not be fooled and think that you need 
bigger storage for your paper white or oasis. But they are both. It's just such an ingenious invention. <laughs> I never thought that I would like reading on a screen. I will not read on my phone. I know a lot of people read on their phone. You can use a Kindle app, Libby app, whatever reading app that you have. You can also read on an iPad. I can't do it. It hurts my eyes. It gives me a headache after a while. I only resort to it if I literally don't have my Kindle with me and I'm, you know, stuck somewhere, then I will read on my phone. But I vastly prefer to read on the Kindle Paperwhite or Oasis in the dark, in the bright sun. It doesn't matter. It fully adjusts where you can read under almost any conditions. And I used to be a snob about it. I thought I just loved turning the actual pages. And I do still love turning the actual pages. I do love reading physical books when the setting is right. But I love reading in general more. And I read more. I have the opportunity to read more when I am reading on these devices. So I super, super love them. The Paperwhite has been my favorite thing for a long, long time. And now the Kindle Oasis is my first thing I'm going to talk about and my favorite things of 2022. Okay, next, number two of my favorite things of 2022. I, I couldn't even like condense this because it's actually three things. I'm really sort of cheating this. But basically, number two as a whole is stuff I put on my face. <laughs> so there are two things that are deep puffers for my face that I absolutely love. And then there's one thing that makes my skin very glowy that I equally love, actually probably even love more. It's probably my very, very favorite beauty product of the whole entire year. All three of them I'm combining into this entry as stuff for my face. <laughs> the big one, the thing that is, like I said, just my very, very favorite product. I've only had the last few months. And sometimes I like hesitate on that because should you use a product for a while before you deem it a favorite? However, I'm so in love with it that I want to tell you about it. So here it is on the list. It is the CEO Glow by Sunday Riley. It's like a oil serum, vitamin C serum that you put on in the morning for brightening to combat dullness it is an oil. They do have a cream version of this, but I have been using the Glow Oil. Also, if you've been around for a while, you might recognize that Sunday Riley products, skincare products, have been my favorite for a couple of years. I have told everyone that I love the Sunday Riley Power Couple, it's called, which is a combination of Luna Night Oil, a little bit of retinol in that, and then also the Good Jeans lactic acid treatment. All of these are from Sunday Riley. And I just tried this new product, the CEO Glow. Recently, I bought it a little bit on a whim because of the Sephora sale. And because I really love this brand, it has done wonders for my skin, every product I've tried from them. And so I wanted to give this one a shot because it had such good reviews. I also have not loved different vitamin C serums that I've tried. I don't like the smell. I don't like that they're a bit tacky, tacky meaning like sticky. So this was sort of my last ditch on the vitamin C serum that everyone says is great for your face in the morning, especially if as you're aging, you are getting some dullness, some dryness, like you need a little boost, a little pep in the morning. Vitamin C is great for that. 
And I have just been so pleased by this. Now, because it's a face oil, I do want to say my skin loves face oils. Like it just drinks it all the way up because my skin is often pretty dry. If you maybe have reactive skin, you might want to check the ingredient lists on this. If your skin doesn't love oils or oil-based products, then you definitely might want to either check out the cream or maybe skip this one altogether. But I have just loved, loved, loved this product. The other two face products that I'm putting in here as the number two entry on my favorite things list are both de-puffers. Now, <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about aging on this episode, although as I was making my list, I was realizing several of these things I'm going to talk about point to signs of aging, and this is no exception. My body that I love and am grateful for every day just does not recover like it used to. I will show it on my face and in various other signs of inflammation if I'm not getting enough sleep, if I'm stressed, if I had some wine the night before, if I had, you know, too many chips that had a lot of salt on them the night before, like I show it. I used to not show it. I do now show it. And so using some de-puffers, I feel like has actually been a great addition to my beauty regimen, not like daily or anything, but just if I'm getting ready or I want to look my best or feel my best, I have been using this chin strap thing that goes around your chin and hooks over your ears. You got to see it to believe it, you guys. It's really... It's really cool looking, but it depuffs around your sort of jawline and neck. And it is called the V Line Lifting Hydrogel Collagen Mask. Now, that is a mouthful. I get it on Amazon. It comes in packets of like seven or nine. When I went to go pull a link for it for my secret post that just went out recently, Amazon, you know, tells you like, you have bought this nine times in the last year or whatever. And I was like, oh, hmm, okay, sure. It's a very nice price point. I think it's under $20 for this little pack. And you put it on, I leave it on for, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. And it does make a difference. It just feels like a cool gel. And when you pull it off, things are less puffy. The other deep puffer that I've been using a lot is the Clarins V Facial Intensive Wrap. So I don't know why they're calling it a wrap. That's sort of a weird word because it's actually a mask. This is like a, you know, white sort of moussey face mask that you just put on your cheeks and then possibly your jawline and upper neck if you're not using the hydrogel collagen mask I just talked about. You put this mask and cream on and then leave it on again 30 minutes or so. This is from Clarence. It is a different price point. It's more expensive. It's very effective. And I used it less often than I did the chin strap thing. But when I did use it, I really loved it. So these are all things that I love that I put on my face. <laughs> That's the number two of my favorite things, stuff I put on my face. It's funny too, because I feel like on every other year, the beauty product or products that land on this list, you know, tend to be like a new bright lipstick that I love or something like that, like something like colorful and fun and 
now I'm like, I need you guys to go get the chin strap because (laughs) that's where we are in life, everybody. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating and, yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, dot com and use code U Y O U. It's a sign of the times. It's a sign of the times. And speaking of maybe things changing around here, let's get to number three. Number three is sort of the a source of the inside joke in my family, but also I absolutely mean it. Like it is one of the first things I wanted to put on this list when I knew I was making a favorite things list. In fact, we make a joke about it on our Christmas card. That is how much of an impact this item has had in our life. But this year, this summer, we bought a minivan. And I never in 1000 years thought I would say that word. I used to be one of those people who thought I will never drive a minivan, like literally never. Since I have had kids, I've had an SUV, you know, very mom-like SUVs, by the way. Like it's not like I was against my mom life in any way. It's just like a lot of people, I sort of had this hang up about minivans. And then also like a lot of people, I drove one and fell in love. We rented a minivan. We actually did it a few times. Once when we did a road trip in the pandemic, we had a minivan for like a couple of weeks. And then also when we have been to the lake, to our lake house a few times, we've rented a minivan because we need to be shuttling people around or whatever. And I mean, I, I totally got it. Like you just totally see the appeal. Suddenly you are like, I do not care what any cliche is. I am a minivan person now. <laughs> and so that is what happened. I fully became a minivan mom. We did buy it as a third car. It is not my main car. We have some changes to our family this year, which I am going to talk more about in a few weeks, but we needed a third car. I definitely wanted it to be a spacious one now that we are fully in that phase of life. I mean, full, full, fully in that phase of life where we're driving kids around, we're carpooling, we're doing volleyball tournament weekends, on and on. I love having a pack of teens or preteens in my car, but you have to be able to fit them. And so If you must know, not sponsored, not an ad. Nothing in this whole episode is sponsored or an ad, by the way. (laughs) These are all just my favorite things, thoughts. But just out of curiosity, because I always am curious about cars, we did end up choosing the Chrysler Pacifica. 
that's the minivan that we bought this summer. We've been so, so happy with it. I'm absolutely in love with it. And I kind of want to make it deep because there is something about like dropping ideas that you had when you were younger or like cultural stereotypes or like tying your identity to your stuff. And that extends to cars. I actually wrote a little bit about this in my book, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First. I write a little bit about cars and I kind of tell a car story in that book as well. Los Angeles is very much a car culture and it is something that we sort of think about every day. So there is like an argument to be made that you could make this minivan thing deep or you could just say it's a very practical, very family-friendly decision that I'm now giddy about. And I felt like I just absolutely had to tell you. It is number three on my list of favorite things, but in my heart it may be number one, my minivan. Number four, we are officially on to number four. This is a turn in product in that it is an app and not a car, but it is a similar sentiment in that this is something that falls squarely into our family life. Number four is the Life360 app. Lucy, my daughter, turned 13 this year. Can you believe it? She's officially a teenager. And with that, she got her first phone. She also started middle school. So those two things combining, we had always sort of set that as the milestone that when she turned 13 and went to middle school, she would get her first phone. So that happened a few months ago. And, you know, side note, this isn't my favorite thing. My favorite thing is the Live360 app. But side note here to why I got the app was so that we could have a family tracking system, which sounds funny when you say it out loud, but I really wanted to be able to know where she was and all of that. But I had some fear going into these teen years about teens and the phones. And of course, I still do. We're only a few months into it. But I will say in this early stage, we talked a ton about it, responsibility. I made her sign a phone contract that really helped her understand how important it was to be carrying around this expensive device and also how her behavior on it mattered, both how she interacted on the screen and then also how she interacted with us as a family, like she couldn't be on her screen all the time. All of these things we we tried to be like really mindful of as she got her first phone. And for all you mamas who are super scared about this, there have been things about it that have been enormously convenient. <laughs> like it has been so nice to be able to text her or know where she is, communicate with her, send her a quick message or reminder or whatever. We've also had some like nice bonding moments, I guess I would say. Like, of course, as they say, teens are maybe more apt to type something or use emojis than they would say it out loud. I found that to be absolutely true. So not to say there aren't scary waters to come, not to say we aren't being vigilant about that, but if you were on the cusp of this also, and it just feels like only five alarm scariness, there's a good side to your teenager getting this device. There really is. And so when she got her phone, I researched a few different apps that I wanted to be able to track her. I mean, she's not quite old enough yet to be like at an unknown party or whatever happens in the high school years. It's not really where we are. And for that very reason, some people told me that you just needed the family 
sharing thing that's native to Apple where you can just find my friends or whatever it is and just be able to kind of loosely know where everyone is. You don't necessarily have to pay for Life360, which is a monthly charge. That's kind of steep. It's like more than Netflix. But I signed up for the free trial. I put it on everyone in our family that has a phone. And for lots of reasons, it has ended up being really handy. I've been super glad to have it. I can see in the future that I would be even more glad to have it as things progress in teenage life. And there's just been several situations where I thought, yeah, this is for sure my favorite thing of the year. It is helping me ease into this transition of having a teenager, of having a teenager with a phone. That is the Life 360 app as number four. Quick break to make sure you know about my free email newsletter called The Secret Posts. Did you know that the very same favorite things you're listening to in this episode, they were sent out weeks ago in email form to The Secret Post subscribers? That's right, they were part of my annual Not a Gift Guide email that has a ginormous list of all of my favorite things for the year, much more than just the 10 I'm sharing here today. The Secret Post emails are free and subscribers on that list get early info and announcements and regular bonuses like my full list of favorite things in the annual Not a Gift Guide and also regular book lists, style and beauty recommendations, and much more. If you sign up for the Secret Post emails now until the end of the year, you'll automatically get the annual Not a Gift Guide email that has my full list of favorite things. It's free, it's juicy, it's valuable information. What else do you need? Sign up for the Secret Post emails by going to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secretposts. And if you sign up before the end of 2022, you'll get my full list of favorite things from the year. That's 10thingstotellyou.com slash secretposts. And now back to the show. Okay, number five. This one is sort of like number two, things I put on my face, (laughs) except it's in the kitchen. Number five is grilling sauces. (laughs) So I could have just made this one grilling. We did a ton of grilling this year. But really when I narrowed it down to what made this a favorite and what made me want to share it with you is that we got some sauces this year. (laughs) I can't stop laughing at what a funny entry this is. But this is true. Like if I was just sitting with a friend and chatting, actually this has literally happened. I would be like, let me tell you about this marinade that I'm obsessed with. And so if this is the podcast version of that, I'm going to tell you about this marinade (laughs) that I'm obsessed with. So to back up, we do grill a lot. Jeff and I both like to grill. We have a gas grill. We have a big green egg, which is like a smoker. Learning to grill several years ago, maybe, I mean, it's been maybe almost 10 years at this point, but learning to grill really changed my cooking really changed dinners around here because I don't mind cooking and I'm not a terrible cook, but I'm not great at it and I'm not excited about it. When I started grilling, it made the whole task easier for me because if you can just grill a few things and then like add a side, like that's dinner. It's so much faster. It works great for my brain. You can plan ahead. You can do it last minute. Like I just... I could talk about the pleasures and benefits of grilling on and on. Also, I feel like there's this very weird sexist thing to grilling where like we think that it's a man thing or that men should do it. And in fact, sometimes women are like scared of the grill or 
They don't grill a random Wednesday night dinner because in their mind, this is something that they would only do on the weekend when their husband was available to do the steaks or whatever it is. This is a very outdated notion. If you are a woman listening to this and you have not grilled, let me tell you, it is man's best kept secret. They act like it's like hard and that it needs some sort of special finesse and touch. It does not. Anybody can grill. It is so, I don't want to say foolproof because you can burn things, but it is so forgiving. It really is. It's easy, easy, quick, forgiving. What more do you need? Like, let me just tell you about grilling. If you're already on the grilling train, let me tell you about these sauces. (laughs) So one of them you can just get at your grocery store. Like every grocery store pretty much has Stubbs brand sauces, like barbecue sauces primarily. And I've used a Stubbs spicy barbecue sauce for years. I really like it. It's a bit too spicy for my kids. So sometimes we would change that up. But I really, really like the Stubbs brand barbecue stuff. Well, this summer... At the lake, we were at our local butcher, which we love, and they always have a selection of really good sauces and marinades that are usually they're, you know, separate from the type that you would find at the store. But this happened to be Sub's brand citrus and onion marinade, which, listen, I, I don't, that combination of things does, does not thrill me. Like citrus, I don't love. Onion, I do like the flavor, but it wouldn't make me like snap that thing right up. You know what I mean? I don't even know why we bought it. Maybe even Jeff bought it. Who knows? We put it on boneless chicken thighs and marinated it overnight. It was such a hit. It was so tasty that then multiple times throughout the summer when we had guests, we had people over for dinner, we had house guests for the weekend, whatever. We did this same meal, marinated chicken breasts in this Stubbs citrus and onion marinade and Every single time people commented on it, like they were just so delicious, so easy, great, great flavor, perfect on chicken. We did not use it on anything besides chicken. I'm sure you can. And again, this is available at any grocery store. The other thing that I didn't find at a grocery store, I actually found at a grilling or like a grilling barbecue specific store is the Blues Hog Smoky Mountain barbecue sauce. I actually bought this for Jeff in a variety pack of barbecue sauces. This is where we are in our marriage, you guys, is we buy variety packs of barbecue sauce as a gift, like put a bow on it. And it had several flavors in it. The one that our family all fell in love with and then ended up ordering, in fact, bigger versions was the Smoky Mountain flavor. But the brand itself is Blues Hog. And side note to why... I'm telling you this because barbecue sauces are a really specific preference. How you feel about barbecue in general, what region you live in the country is greatly going to inform how you feel about barbecue sauce. So while I hope you enjoy this one, and I will link to it in the show notes, what I really want you to be thinking here is really noticing like, oh, this is a thing that my family loved this year. Like, We had this meal multiple times. We all agreed on this sauce or this dish, this flavor, or even to just tell your local friends wherever you picked up some particular item, like, hey, this is really delicious. Support this brand. Go to the farmer's market. I really loved it. I think that this is actually something that's gotten a little bit lost in social media after the years of everyone making fun of people posting their lunches. So if you remember 
whenever, 15 years ago or less, maybe 10 plus years ago, when social media was a lot less polished, a lot less sponsored, a lot more of us actually sharing our lives before it morphed into whatever it has become now. And people would share things like their lunch and then they got made fun of. Now that's like a whole meme or a whole like punchline of people who overshare or share too much or whatever. When frankly, I could get back to those days where we just shared everyday types of things like our new favorite barbecue sauce. (laughs) Those were relatable. They were informational. And honestly, I I would prefer that from my friends and neighbors over some of the things that we choose to post intellectually now. So I'm sharing with you our family's new favorite barbecue sauce as my favorite of 2022. The grilling sauces were number five. Number six is going to be lightweight travel bags. So another thing that happened in the last year is as we returned to more travel, it looked different than it did for me pre-pandemic, not because of the pandemic, but because our family is in a totally different zone than we were a few years ago. Our travel just looks different. We've long been out of the days when I had like, you know, a stroller or whatever to pack. But now instead of, you know, going on some sort of fun vacay, we're often going to like Vegas for a sports tournament. (laughs) So our travel, our family life, it all looks a little bit different, which means I made some adjustments to the way that I travel. And in one case, I decided I cared more about function and ease of something than I did about looking cute. So lightweight travel bags for me became a real staple in my closet. There were two brands that I really liked the most. One is MZ Wallace. You might have seen this. This is kind of a very popular with like influencers or whatever. I actually found it at Nordstrom for the first time. And then I feel like I started to see the bags everywhere. But they're very, very light material and you can get so much in them. I bought an MZ Wallace crossbody, like instead of a fanny pack, but it's around that size. Like it doesn't hold much more than my phone and wallet and keys. Then I bought a a purse size of it also that looks like purse size. It's very, very, very light. They have very cute colors, but it actually, you can like, I think you can like stuff a sweatshirt in there. (laughs) Like it is, it fits so much more than you think. Then there's this other brand that I bought almost like a carry-on size, not not a carry-on suitcase size, but like a much bigger tote size bag. I bought this at a boutique, but the brand is called Think Roylon, I think is how you pronounce that. This is very cute. They have lots of patterns. It's the same material as the MZ Wallace bags where it's very, very lightweight, almost like a quilted parachute material, (laughs) if that makes sense. But it has a lot of pockets. It fits tons of things. This was perfect for weekend sports tournaments or if you were just going on an overnight. I use it a couple times. It's not going to replace like a suitcase. It's sort of in addition to that. I bought this after equally loving Calpac bags, which you might also be familiar with. They're not quite as lightweight, but they are very, very functional. I gave one of those to my daughter for Christmas I think it was last year or two years ago, and she used it so much as an overnight bag that then when I found these other options that are different brands but very similar in function, I just realized how often I was using them. We'll use them to go to the beach because of their material. They like brush off really well, really cleanly. I just felt like I used them over and over again. They're much more 
functional, sturdy, and useful than like a, you know, canvas tote that has become very popular because these bags are a different material. They also have pockets and things like that. And they're so lightweight that you can fold them up and pack them if you don't want to use them until you're like at your destination. So that's number six, lightweight travel bags. Love them. They're cute. I'll link to all of those I mentioned in the show notes. Number seven might be in the middle of this list, but it is for sure one of the most important parts of my year. And this is acupuncture. So I started going to acupuncture regularly back in August. I had tried acupuncture years ago. I had had really successful results, but back then I was treating sort of a specific ailment and the person I was seeing actually moved out of LA. She moved to Northern California. And by then, after seeing her several times, I really felt like my symptoms has, had eased up. And so I you know, didn't feel any need to necessarily return to acupuncture. I definitely didn't see a need to go like for no real reason, like for general wellness. It just felt expensive or extravagant or something. I mean, I don't, I didn't even give that much thought to it. Like it just wasn't necessarily on my mind. Well, earlier this year, I was feeling pretty off. You know, 2021 really put me through the ringer, health-wise, emotionally, a lot of things. It was, you know, one of the big reasons that I needed to put pause on the show is because you just can't attend to all the things. And one of the things I needed to attend to was sort of my health and mental space. And 2022, at the beginning of the year, I was still reeling from a lot of those things. And someone suggested, a friend suggested that I try acupuncture for, for anxiety or just for general well-being. And the person that she was recommending was very close to where I live now. So it wasn't going to be an enormous inconvenience to get there. And I was sort of in a mode where I was, you know, trying anything that anyone would suggest. And it it felt like the right time to try this, especially because I was into my writing process, but I was definitely still at the beginning of writing my second book. So I started going to acupuncture and it started as just maybe once a month, every two or three weeks, sort of depending on my schedule. And I went in with an open mind, but definitely like I didn't, you know, pin any hopes on it or not. Like it was sort of just part of all the different things that I was trying. And lo and behold, if after a couple of months, I felt kind of remarkably different emotionally. I don't think that was all acupuncture. Like I said, I was trying kind of several different things. But I noticed, especially with my anxiety and sort of just feeling a lot more calm in general, a lot more aligned, I was sleeping better. I felt like those things in particular were a direct result of the acupuncture. So I stepped it up. And as I was in this this kind of final sprint of my book writing process, which ended up being a non-linear journey for me. I'm going to share more with you about writing this book, but to sum up what goes with acupuncture here is that I sort of made a lot of big changes to the book just about six weeks before I turned it in. So I'd been working on it for months and months and months. And then I sort of had like this big light bulb moment about a month out from my due date. And they, my publisher graciously extended my due date a little bit so that I could really make some changes and, and finish it well. Well, in that stretch of time, in about those six weeks, 
the acupuncturist I was seeing mentioned that he often sees, because this is Los Angeles, a lot of creative people, and that when they are in the most intense part of their projects, like if they're shooting a movie or writing a book, that he sees them weekly and you know, just really keeping yourself like sort of vigilantly balanced in this season of creative work. And it, if that sounds like an upsell, it didn't feel like that in the moment. And I decided to just try it. I mean, what did I have to lose? I really wanted to finish this project strong. So I went every week for probably six to eight weeks. And I did. I felt a huge difference. Now, after I turned my book in and by then it was fall, my kids started school, our life got very busy. I, I couldn't at that point go every single week, although I have maintained going every three to four weeks. And I really think that it has made a big, big difference in my life. I was hesitant to share it online. I just didn't, you know, I know that it is a luxury to be able to go to acupuncture, to live in a place where that's available, to be able to afford it and have the time to do it. And I was, you know, a little bit nervous to put that out there to what people's reaction might be to that. But I was very surprised. I recently put on social media that I had been going to acupuncture. And so many people chimed in that that it had really helped them in all kinds of different ways. You know, when they were going through a divorce, when they were going through cancer treatments, when they were like me in an intense work period. And a lot of people were saying the same thing, which really emboldened me to be able to share it more, right? Like, so I was nervous about sharing it. I shared it. So many other people responded to it, either with questions or with affirmation that it also worked for them. And so it made me want to talk more about it because of all the things that we try to do to maintain balance in this crazy world, you know, eat well, get good rest, take our vitamins, all these things, there are these pockets of things that aren't talked about as much. Because we fear judgment, because we might be seen as weird because we aren't sure if it sounds out there or, you know, how it will be received or because we don't want other people to know that we're doing it, that we're going through a time that requires this sort of maintenance. And so that's another reason that I wanted to share what a difference acupuncture made for me is that we can talk about some of the basics all day long and everyone knows the basics. Sometimes we need to know these other tools that are available to us. And for me, acupuncture for sure became a tool in my belt to deal with stress and anxiety and something that I found made an enormous difference to 2022 for me. So that was number seven, acupuncture. Quick break from my favorite things list to tell you about your next favorite thing. My new book, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs is now available for pre-order. This is the book about friendship that I wish I'd read when I was 25 and 35, and I didn't have a book to help me navigate friendship, and so I wrote one. The Life Council comes out in April 2023, and you can pre-order now in your favorite format, hardcover, paperback, ebook, or audio. I'm telling you about the book now because pre-orders mean everything for authors like myself, but also because if you want the hardcover edition, that will be a limited run and they will sell out. So pre-orders are a must, especially for the hardcover version of The Life Council. If you love this podcast, you're going to want the audiobook version, which I read myself. For more info about the Life Council 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, go to thelifecouncilbook.com and you can also go to your favorite retailer to pre-order so it arrives on your doorstep 
right when it launches. Pre-order bonuses are coming soon. You'll just need to provide proof of purchase to get all of those goodies. So go to thelifecouncilbook.com to learn more. Now back to my list of favorite things. Okay, number eight on my favorite things of 2022. This is the one that I warned you about that is the only thing you can't really purchase. It's the only thing that's not a thing thing. (laughs) And it is online communities. I found so much joy and camaraderie and entertainment in online communities this year. Specifically, I'm talking about the reading parties that I hosted on Instagram, also journal parties that I hosted on Instagram, my secret stuff Patreon, other Facebook groups that I participated in. They were a really big part of my year. And I was thinking earlier, because none of these things are new to 2022. None of, well, did I start? I think I started the reading parties on Instagram in 2022. But online communities in general are very old. They are not new. And after the lockdown of 2020 and into 2021, like you might be throwing your hands up to be like, I am done with online communities. And I get that because when we only had that as an option, when everything went virtual, I got sick of a screen. I'm sure you did too. Like it was annoying that we couldn't hug or look eye to eye or, you know, all be in the same space. That sucked for a while. But then I realized once we started going to events again, that when you do have the choice, that online communities or events or just things that are happening online so enhance my life that I don't even know where I would be without them. Again, big, big fan of in-person things. Huge fan. Very much so. But one of the small silver linings of the last few years is that we learned you can have real connection on a screen. You can have a quality event on a screen for sure. And it ends up being actually more inclusive. It doesn't replace the magic of being in person. It's really its own kind of magic, or at least it can be. And I feel like in this time where there's a lot of loneliness and isolation or the opposite of that, there's a lot of busyness that sometimes the connection that you find on a screen can fill your cup that's running on empty. So when I started doing the reading parties on Instagram, which I was doing these on my personal Instagram account, which is at lara.tremaine, if you're not following there, I call them reading parties. It's sort of tongue in cheek. The only thing that's a party about it is that we like are all there. (laughs) Hundreds of people will show up for us to read together silently. And I love it. I think it's super fun, but I'm also the one hosting it. So I've had to think through like, why do people like this? Like besides me, I love it. But why do people come to this? Is it to have like a dedicated time to read? Because some people really struggle to get reading time in. And this is almost like an appointment because I, you know, tell you we're going to be doing the reading parties in advance. So in some ways, it's productive if you want to look at it that way. But I don't think that's the main reason. I think that there is something really lovely about like being in communion with people without anything being required, really. Like you can just come with your book and sort of know, even though because we're on Instagram Live, you can't can't even see anyone else but me or whatever I'm choosing to show. I often choose to show 
our fish tank while we're reading. But it's not like a Zoom or something where you can see everyone's face and you feel connected in that way. This is just like an energy of connectedness because you can't see one another. But still, people show up by the literal hundreds to read together. And there is a feeling behind it. And I think it's really beautiful. And it's different than anything else. You know, you're going to have your evening reading time, let's say, and you can do that alone, which is its own level of wonderful, I say, as the introvert I am. Or sometimes, just because it's an occasional thing, you might want to pop on and do it with others and just feel like you're a part of something. That's a big aspect of it, I think, is feeling like you're a part of something. I know I want to feel that too. That's why I host them. And I think that's the reason people show up. So that was just a really big revelation for me this year. Surprising because I would have thought I would be engaging in less screen time in 2022. And maybe I did on the whole. Maybe it was just more about intentional screen time. But the reading parties and the journal parties really were a very, very lovely part of my year. The other most amazing part of my year, I mean, this would be if it was just you and me at a coffee shop and I was talking to you, my honest answer for the absolute best part of my year and in the top three for sure was the Secret Stuff community. Now, I know this is a paid membership. I'm not going to make this sound like an ad or anything because it's not just about Secret Stuff. It's about finding your people wherever that is. There's so many great communities out there. But we would meet on Zoom twice a month. And I just did not know how this was going to go when I started it. I mean, it's one thing to have a book club discussion on Zoom, which we do. We talk about books and that's amazing. We do that once a month. But these other gatherings that we had throughout the year were topic related. Or one time we just all signed on for a toast and an announcement. That was like a 15-minute Zoom meeting. It is still an absolutely without question community through a screen. And it can be so special. I highly encourage you, if you have bouts of loneliness or if you have a very busy life in which you can't get to in-person events very well, but you've been hesitant to add more screens or like hesitant to engage in like a community like this, find one that works for you, whatever their focus is. There are all kinds of like fandoms or book clubs or groups Don't write it off just because it meets primarily on Zoom or because you think it won't be meaningful. It really can be. The other group that I was a part of was one that I wasn't leading. So all those other ones that I was saying were the favorites of my year, I was leading. Reading parties on Instagram, secret stuff on Patreon. But I joined one as a participant instead of a leader that was a mindfulness group attached to my daughter's new middle school. So it was a meditation group for parents. And... It's held on Zoom. I guess pre-pandemic, they used to meet on campus, but now they meet every week on Zoom. I'll tell you, I didn't know any of the other parents there. I was very nervous. I've never meditated in a group in my life, let alone in a group on a screen. It just, I didn't think I would love it. But I wanted to show up because I actually was very curious and was trying to find a way to be involved with the new school and things like that. So I started showing up weekly. And in all these other ways that I'm describing, it was amazing. It was so special. Heck yeah, you can meditate on a screen with other people. The first time was awkward. But then after that, like, I just was like, this is so beneficial. I don't care if I look weird or if describing this to someone else feels weird. I don't even care. I love this. This is 
fueling everything else that I've been saying that has been happening in my own communities. Now I can see that this is a thing that can happen in lots of places. So number eight, a surprise to me on my favorites of 2022 was online communities. Okay, number nine is so specific. (laughs) But sometimes these recommendations, I feel like the more specific they are, the more it's exactly what someone needs to hear. Number nine for me is called a canvas lamp. Now, this is confusing because it is not canvas. It is metal. Canvas is the brand. Also, I don't use the lamp function. (laughs) So what this gadget is, and this is a little bit where the podcast medium fails us because I'm going to have to describe it for you. This is a lamp with a heavy wooden base and a adjustable arm, and it sort of looks like a ring light at the end. It's like a circle thing, and you put your phone in it. It holds your phone for whatever purpose you want it to, but for me, it shoots video overhead. So this is how a lot of people are using it. If you wanted to shoot video of yourself or your child or something, drawing or cooking or doing something that requires two hands, but you want a video of it from above. It can't get too, too far above. It's not like a drone because it is like a lamp base, but it is very adjustable and is a very high quality product. If you follow me on my personal Instagram, you might've seen that I started doing these reels where I make videos of my handwriting, where I'm like writing out a quote or a prompt or something like that. Well, I need both of my hands to be able to do that. I am not talented enough to hold a phone overhead while I write something. I bought another product prior to this that I did use for a year or so, and I really liked the function of overhead shooting, but there were a few problems with the product, mainly that the base kept getting in the way. So when I got an Instagram ad for this product that is my favorite thing, the canvas lamp, that again is not a canvas nor a lamp. <laughs> I guess it technically has a lamp function. It has a light function, which is why I called it like similar to a overhead ring light. It's a little bit like that where it can light the thing that you're shooting down on, but I don't really use that function. Anyway, I got a, a Instagram ad from this company. I bought it right away, even though it's a little bit on the expensive side for a product like this, but I had really wanted a way to shoot overhead and also do reading parties that I already described where I could set the camera over our koi pond so people could watch the fish. Like I had a few reasons that I wanted to be able to shoot video from above. And this gadget called the canvas lamp, again, not an ad, not sponsored. They've never heard of me in their life. It works great. It's a little bit bulky, And just by function of what it is, it's not like a pretty lamp that you would leave out on display. But it is very well made. It looks good for what it is. It has like a stylish, heavy base. You can choose the different woods in the base to kind of go with your decor if that matters to you. But while I use it to make these social media videos, if you have someone in your life, a teenager, creator of any kind, if perhaps you know someone who wants to teach like cooking or crocheting or some kind of thing where you would need, you need this view of the person doing the thing, but like we don't live with other camera operators or whatever. 
this is a perfect solution. I feel like I have to buy various gadgets, ring lights, microphones, like these kind of things for the type of work I do. And so sometimes I don't end up sharing these type of things because it seems very specific to creator life. But there are lots of different types of creator life. And I thought it might be helpful to people, especially in this age, as discussed, where we are doing so much on screen or online. You wouldn't have to be shooting video to do this. You could be doing a FaceTime with someone, but wanting to show them how you were cooking or whatever, and you could use the stand to do so. All it does is hold your phone in place very well, very sturdily, and it is very adjustable. And it also has a lamp function if you need it. So very specific favorite thing, also very useful for the person who needs something just like this. That was number nine, the canvas lamp. Number 10 and final favorite thing on my list for this episode, I am excited for you to hear from some of your listeners when I'm done. But number 10 is something that I really decided became part of my look in 2022. And this was gold hoops. Gold hoops, of course not original, been around a long time. But I started wearing gold hoop earrings as a way to kind of spice up my daily sweatshirt uniform. As you may or may not know, I wear a sweatshirt almost every single day of my life because I'm constantly cold and I work from home and I have dozens of sweatshirts. They are sort of my uniform. They're varying levels of cute, if you will. And so I have to find a way to cute them up in other ways. So I love a bold lipstick. I love cute glasses, but my big go-to became big old gold hoops. It was just enough sparkle to make me feel like this sweatshirt was an outfit. Well, also, of course, gold hoops can be very dressed up with like a beautiful dress or whatever, (laughs) but they're very, very versatile and they made me feel like I did not look schlubby because they give this great amount of bling. I bought two pair And I ended up buying from the same brand. I bought just a very plain, it was a little bit on the thicker side. It was a two-inch plain gold hoop from Jennifer Zuner is the brand. And I loved it so much. And it looked way more expensive than the price point. And I was so happy with them that when she had, I think it was a Mother's Day sale or something earlier in the year, I ended up buying a second pair of thinner, a little more detailed hoops called the Margot Hoops that I actually probably ended up wearing more than I did the chunky ones. I really love the look of these thinner, almost like scalloped kind of. It's a very small detail Margot hoops. But regardless, I wore one of these two pair of gold hoops like probably four times a week in 2022. I mean, I wore them all the time. And they're coming in as number 10 on this list. They're coming in last here, but they are not least because I think when you find something that feels signature to your look, and it doesn't have to be like, you know, we're not Coco Chanel. It doesn't have to be signature for your life. You're not committing to like, this is my look forever. But if you have kind of a look going in whatever season that you're in, That is not a small thing. And I wanted to have, you know, like a good version of hoops. Once I realized that I really like the way they look, I was going to wear them often. I enjoyed that it sort of became my thing this year, which we can all do. Like if you are really, really drawn to an element of your outward expression, 
a certain way you're doing your hair, a certain color that you're really into wearing, a vibe that really makes you feel yourself. Like you really feel like this is who I am now. You just got to lean into that because we carry ourselves differently when we feel like we like how we look, even if how we look is a sweatshirt and gold hoops, which is how I looked like 345 days this year. (laughs) And the gold hoops were like a big part of that daily uniform. And so I'm sharing them with you. The brand I loved was Jennifer Zuner. She doesn't know me. This is not sponsored. I will link to them in case you are curious. But please do find the hoops or the equivalent of the hoops that work for you. This has been so fun. I have greatly enjoyed getting to share with you 10 of my favorite things of 2022. If you are a Secret Stuff member over on my Patreon, the Secret Stuff Patreon, I will be sharing a few more of my favorite things from the year, the types of things I wasn't going to necessarily talk about publicly. Those things will be over at Secret Stuff. If you decide to make and share a favorite things list, I would love it if you would tag the show at 10 Things to Tell You or use the hashtag. 10 things to tell you with the number 10, because sharing our favorite things at the end of the year, why do we have to leave it up to like big publications to make their lists? Oprah's favorite things or, you know, the New York Times favorite books or like all of those things. Those lists are everywhere at the end of the year. It doesn't have to be from a big website or organization like that. It can be from us, just people sharing their favorite things. Isn't that more interesting? I would like legit rather read y'all's list than almost anyone else's. So think about putting together your favorite things list. If you do so, please make sure you tag the show so I can see it. And now let's hear from some of your fellow listeners on their favorite things of 2022. Hi, Laura. My name's Katie, and I'm from Iowa. And my favorite thing of 2022 was the fact that we finally got to bring my beautiful baby daughter into this world. We struggled with infertility for a little over three years and just actually found out a year ago today that I was expecting her. So I was able to be pregnant. My pregnancy went well, and she is a beautiful baby that we love so much. Hi, Laura. I'm Stephanie from Texas, and I wanted to share one of my favorite things of 2022 is the NPR podcast, Up First. It's about 15 minutes long, and it highlights three big news stories of the day. I love that it allows me to stay updated on what's happening without having to doom scroll Twitter, and it's the perfect length of time uh, for that ride back home after dropping off my kids. So happy you're back. Looking forward to more Laura in 2023. Thanks. Bye. Hi, this is Kara calling from New Jersey. My favorite thing this year is the waterproof trash can that I have for our car. It hangs behind my husband's seat and I could just easily just place anything that we have in there. It's not any longer in my purse or in the cup holder. It's clean, it's tidy, it's put away and it's so easy to clean. And for such a simple item, it brings me a ridiculous amount of joy. Hi, 10 Things to Tell You listeners. I'm Alex Cox from Paris, Tennessee, and my favorite thing of 2022 is the Currently Reading podcast. This podcast is hosted by Meredith and Katie and is dedicated to the love of books and reading. Each episode discusses books they're currently reading or have read and a bookish deep dive. 
No other podcast has reinstilled my love for reading or my bookish life than this one. I've met so many bookish friends through their Patreon community, which has enhanced my buddy reading experience tremendously. Hey Laura, I'm Ucha from Bombay and my favorite thing in 2022 is the YouTube channel by Caroline Winkler. I found her when I was deep in the internet black hole looking at interior design videos, but her channel is so much more. With her unique style of filming and storytelling, she manages to be informative, honest, funny and profound about relationships, mental health, career and design. I love this term that she's coined as diversified fulfillment, where you don't link your worth and identity to just one person or career or maybe even a place, but you diversified like a portfolio. I'm Ashley from Birmingham, Alabama, and my favorite thing of 2022 is the Calm app. Instead of mindlessly scrolling social media right out of bed, checking my emails and getting all stressed out before I head out the door to work, I sat on the couch and did a mindfulness meditation most mornings, and it really put me in a better mood and a better headspace to start the day, and I really love this app this year. Hi, this is Amy in Amsterdam. Uh, My favorite thing of 2022 is the Google Translate app. I moved to Amsterdam this year and I've traveled a bit around Europe since then. The Google Translate app allows you to have actual conversations with people that don't speak the same language and it translates for you. You can use the camera app at the grocery store or on a menu. If you're doing any traveling to countries that don't speak English, I highly recommend the Google Translate app. You've just listened to an episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. For show notes and links, go to 10thingstotellyou.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. And you can also join our free connection group on Facebook to discuss episodes and topics. For bonus content, ad-free episodes, and monthly Zoom gatherings with me, join my Secret Stuff Patreon community by going to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. Thanks for listening.